0: The second it was like, he's American, I was like, so he's going to be a tool. So we hate him. (laughs) So we don't like him at all. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back.
1: Welcome to that pretentious book club. You are listening to
0: those. <laughs> Today's easy listening. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Ash O'Rourke, AKA Wheezy, and over there you've got Dr. Spoon's Palermo, Kendall Shaw. What is it? They always Hi, call him like.
1: Howdy. Dr. Love. <laughs> Dr. Smooth love. (laughs) Dr. (laughs)
0: Smooth love Palermo.
1: (laughs) We're having a
0: great time you guys because this is our first episode in a hot minute where we've gotten to record together in person. We're in the
1: same room. We are. I'm literally touching her right now.
0: Yeah and it's a relief because I did shave my legs today so it's like I knew somewhere in my head I was like she's gonna 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 touch my legs. Yeah. Yeah. That weird thing. Huh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> She's like, I'm not coming over here anymore. Uh, calling hobby right now. <laughs> Your wife's cheating on you. <laughs> With me. With me. And I like it. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> he would be like, We're this running is no away surprise. together. That Bye. wouldn't be a surprise. Either. No, he probably wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no.
0: He'd be like, Take her, please. It's fine. <laughs> you can have my suitcases. He's
1: like, I'm keeping the cats. <laughs> I will be
0: keeping the cats. Yes. <laughs> uh, we went on adventures today you guys and it was so much fun we did we went and we got pizza but before that i was like let's go into this bookstore
1: what if i spend all my money here yeah i've never seen ash spend like impulse money on herself like that but i did it was really really nice actually i was like oh good she can do it (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't always
0: I go through like periods, like six months at a time, it feels like where I don't buy anything frivolous for myself. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm gonna buy stuff for myself. And this week, I got a little bit of a raise at work, like not like really a significant one. But I still was like, I should celebrate and treat myself. And I was going to just buy a bunch of seeds. But you know what that is? That means a bunch of work for me also yes. that I have to do. So instead, I bought a few seeds instead of like the 20 I was going to get. And then I got, well, I got two books that I, we were going to have to get for the season anyways, but I got beautiful copies. they so nice. So that's nice. And then I got a bunch of random book stuff I didn't need. And we're using some of it right now. We have matching wine glasses that say what happens at the book club stays at the book club. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a, um, we've got a candle called Book Club that smells like cinnamon, leather, and amber. Mm-hmm. It smells so good. I will say it's very light on the cinnamon, which is just to my taste. Ah, so
1: Just to my taste.
0: Just to my taste. So it's been a good day. We it had has. adventures. And then... <laughs> We've got some guineas. we got some guineas. If you guys follow the saga, I tried to get guinea keats a few months ago. They got wet and then they died, which is what happens with guinea keats. Apparently they melt when they get wet. Um, <laughs> they're very hard to keep alive and they're very stupid. And we were joking in the car on the way back. Like, I bet that the first thing they're going to do, they're so dumb, is just try and go for a swim in the water bowl. But we were, like, being facetious. Yeah. Then we got back and we put them in their new brooder. And they
1: did. They all immediately. They literally did that within 0.5 seconds. (laughs) They threw themselves into the water. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see. And like, no.
0: (laughs) I was like, you're not going to make it. Uh, I think the last guineas were sick, though, too. So they didn't have that going for them. These ones looked much healthier. And they're so cute. These ones are like gray and soft. And other ones were like brown and striped. So they're super cute they're and cute.
1: We named them after the Bennett sisters. Yeah,
0: they're named after the Bennett mm-hmm. sisters. So I hope the Bennett sisters don't die. But if they Oof. do, I won't be shocked. <laughs> but it would be sad. But I and I did impulse buy them. We were there and I was like, wait, are those guineas? Are those are those keats? Are those guinea chicks? Because it's so hard to find them. And so I thought I was just gonna have to order them to the mail to the post office again. Which like and then you have to order a minimum of ten. And I was like, I don't really need ten guineas. So this was so much better if they live. Yes. So, Spoon's got to see me make a lot of impulse buys today.
1: <laughs> Everyone say some prayers for the, the Bennett sisters. Yeah, please. Uh, send them good... They're probably swimming in their water right vibes. now. Good vibes. Yeah, they They're like, are. They're
0: like, why do I feel like I'm
1: drowning? <laughs> so dumb. It's like a quarter inch of water yeah yeah it's not much water but apparently if you even no. like
0: apparently the guinea even looks at the rain they die yeah. so
1: yeah we were saying they're really you know fully living up to the jane austen uh trope of getting yeah, wet they and get when they getting die. sick and dying yep that's pretty much
0: that's the guineas so <laughs> it's been a fun day for me i think i also was excited because I forget that I'm actually quite isolated out here because I don't go into town and I work from home and I love it. But then I like see you and I'm like, oh my God, friends, friendship. Oh my God, I could leave my house. This is so nice. Like, I just don't think about it. Like, I'm not unhappy most of the time. I just simply don't even think about your radar. a world beyond my gate. (laughs) I'm
1: like, nah.
0: So it's been fun and I got a lot of book stuff and I texted my husband and said, I just spent $120 on books and book knickknacks. And he was like, Wait, oh, you spend that on books? And at <laughs> first I thought he was judging me for spending money. And then I realized he's concerned that I have bought more books with no place to put them. That's what it was.
1: <laughs> books, books, no, ash, like, please.
0: And then mom was like, I guess I have to stop buying books. Because now that she lives here, she's like, we'll have nowhere to put them. And I was like, no, no, that's the whole point. You keep buying them. So eventually, Javi himself has to bring up, I guess we need another bookcase. And you're like, well, Javi said so. So I guess we do have
1: to. <laughs> He's the only one not buying the books to put on. <laughs> it's true. Oh, those are his books right over there yeah he has books. he has
0: books and he's got like good taste in books too yeah. but not nearly as many as it's i just, have
1: i mean i agree like you buy the books
0: and you, then you, you make your house fit them. around
1: the books 100 percent. you don't like everybody knows make that. your books fit with your yeah. house
0: i think our characters for this episode <laughs> would agree with us also. oh they absolutely would this all these guys is the are most, nerds. like book club book it really is it's so good i'm gonna double check who recommended it but do you want to uh, tell the pod how your week's been going? Sure,
1: sure. Well, it's been going terribly. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually fine. Yeah, I
0: heard about your day yesterday, and it it just yeah, it I just horrible. struck a,
1: a little bit of bad luck lately. But <laughs> <laughs> so oh two God. nights ago, I was supposed to go to well in Austin. We have um Zilker Park, and they always do um, a musical every year, a free musical, and it's called like the at the Hillside Theater. So basically, you just bring a blanket out and sit and watch the musical and uh this year the musical is none other than one of my fave musicals newsies so um i was going with some friends i was super excited we got there like an hour early to get a good spot on the hill Mm -hmm. you know just chilling having a good time and uh literally it was supposed to start at 8 15 at like 8 16 they all come out. They're doing, like, a little sound check. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. And then they go out. And then, like, the music starts playing, like, the overture. Uh-huh. The lights are going. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, okay, it's about to start. And then <laughs> thunder, lightning. <laughs> the sky has gotten, like, progressively darker. But uh-huh. all of us were like, maybe it'll just pass over. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope. Immediately. Like, the loudest th- sound you've ever heard. Um, Huge bolts of lightning. And the, oh this God. guy comes out and is like, well, that's it. And then uh-huh. everyone's like, <laughs> somebody else comes out. and is like, um, yeah, so unfortunately, we will not be able to proceed with the lightning and the rain. So uh, sorry, guys. There's no show tonight. And <laughs> oh, so no. we, it was about to start. And this is like one of my favorite musicals ever. I know. I was so I sad. Is. And then as we're all leaving, it's like pouring rain. We got so wet, soaking wet. And then the next day, um, on my way to Pilates, that's right, you heard it here first, I'm gonna be a Pilates girl. Yeah. Um, well, it was supposed to be my first official class. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh. I uh, went to go get grippy like, socks. No. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I went to go get grippy socks at Walmart right beforehand, and I locked my keys in the car. Mm-hmm. And then there was a long saga that I will not repeat all of it of, but it was, uh, quite, the it was quite the saga of me trying to get my into my car. So I eventually did. Um yep. And then I watched the new Zombies film. Uh, <laughs> anyone here a fan of the Zombies franchise on Disney? Oh, my
0: God. You could uh, really you need, like, a whole episode I, just
1: to riff on I Zombies 1 through 3. I could do an entire episode on just my <laughs> feelings could. towards Zombies. And let me tell you guys, they're mixed. It's mixed feelings about zombies. My mix. I am seated, I am ready, no matter what they're putting it. Like I think that was it. I think we're only getting three. But if they were gonna do a fourth one, I would watch it. Like this is where I'm at. <laughs> well
0: you're so deep you in, know? in there now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no way out but through. I know that's kind of how I felt even after the first one. I was like, "Well, now I have to know." You know? Oh my god! I'm so invested.
0: I my favorite part about those movies is that I don't have to watch them. You've relayed the plot to me, and I feel like I don't have to waste my time actually watching it. But I still get to enjoy all the things I would
1: have enjoyed about it. It's delightful. I mean, it's truly it's it's not like anything you've ever seen before. Mm N- I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. D are so interesting, aren't they? Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, people who are our age were like, "Oh, they just don't make them like they used to." Yeah. And, they Don't. But I do kind of feel like we're right. Like we have a high we school musicals, right. so nobody else can say anything. No,
0: we had like good ones.
1: But the thing is, we also had bad ones, and I feel we like did. we always forget that. But we did
0: have bad ones. But it feels like. All they have now is bad
1: ones. Listen, <laughs> did I not just say I would watch all zombies me? Yes,
0: but I've also listened to you talk about them all day. That's not because they're good. I don't. It's like a grim curiosity that keeps you watching. It's not the quality of okay. the story.
1: Well, here's what I will say though: the, the quality of the production value is very high, and it the, had to be the quality with the writing of the story. The yeah. The singing and dancing is, like, Excellent. astronomical. Again, I'm telling you,
0: they had to do that. Yeah, there
1: are some mixed messages, for sure, in there the Zombies franchise. There are extremely mixed messages. Did you guys know that having um, white hair is the same as being, being oppressed. systematically oppressed by the state? <laughs> Did you know it's the same?
0: <laughs> because that's what that's what the takeaway really was. <laughs> it was supposed to be a statement on uh, racism. Yes. Um, It ended up drawing immediately she just told me like the basics of the plot and i was like i have i have some concerns
1: she was immediately like okay that doesn't work and i'm like i know i know it doesn't work (laughs) but they did it anyway
0: like they compared um
1: so basically it's like black people are zombies
0: yeah and they were (laughs) and like the takeaway and it was like you could have picked any other magical creature to try and i get they're trying to like draw this parallel for kids but i was like you picked like a violent man-eating
1: Monster. It just does not work. Like no. the metaphor does and the not work.
0: Zombies aren't even zombies that don't eat people. They have to wear like a special <laughs> bracelet to keep <laughs> them from like going crazy and eating people. And so they're like trying to like oh, like you know try some what do you call it? What what did they call it when they started bringing minority students into white schools? Integrated or whatever? Yeah, integration. Yeah. So they started like doing that in the show or whatever. And like, but then she tells me about these bracelets, and I'm like, what if like as like a prank, someone just takes one of those bracelets? Like that's not going to look good for any anybody
1: it's just a mess and a half is what i was like
0: so you're i was like hang on hang on they're comparing minorities to man-eating monsters (laughs)
1: like (laughs) it was such a bad it was like no oh no you couldn't have executed this worse the intent is there it's like okay how could we sort of do like a segregation into integration plot line like uh for kids but then they were like they just sort of missed the mark a little bit, yeah. and now it's, like, kind of more problematic than it was before. <laughs> missed the mark a little bit.
0: <laughs> the mark is over here on one side. They shot off in the
1: opposite direction. I just feel like nobody's talking about this. Like, I feel insane sometimes, you know? I'm like, you are, because you are watched b- three of them. <laughs> well, I just mean, like, is everyone... I've get into the second one you just have to accept like this does not make sense and it's goofy as hell Can you guys
0: wait i have to i have to preface this for you the way that she did for me let me give you a baseline of some of the stuff that happens in in zombies one two and three so <laughs> zombies one Zombies one. if you guys don't know and i i hope you don't i hope you haven't been through this guys listen i do want to talk about it though because i Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Y'all should watch it just so getting a lot of someone to talk about this with these actually Now I feel like I have to see it. Oh, no, I do. I have to see it. Do we it. have to watch Wait,
1: Zombies? I think do we, not- do we have to watch Zombies tonight. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. Oh, I'm sure I'll have an update Zombies, triple feature. Actually, I don't really care about the second one. We can just do yeah. one and three. But let
0: me give you guys a baseline. So, so the first movie is about, like, let's not be racist towards zombies. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's zombies in the first one. Then the second movie there's werewolves yeah and now now we have to teach the zombies and the humans to not be racist against exactly the werewolves. you've got it exactly yeah exactly <laughs> so what would you assume the third movie would be about we're gonna i'll tell you there's a new species yes uh what would you immediately guess dear
1: listener you're thinking vampires aren't you
0: aren't you or fairies or elves or something in like the magical
1: <laughs> realm something like that
0: spoons would you like to uh elucidate what species it was that appears in the third movie
1: aliens we're doing aliens Free now space
0: aliens it is literally uh,
1: aliens we jumped from werewolves to aliens
0: yeah so i was in shock also because i guess our 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 female lead who falls in love with a zombie yes, I, yes, I don't yes. really feel like this is a spoiler cuz we all knew this was where we were going to go a plot of zombies so. it is it's like romeo and juliet but with zombie uh, racism yes so uh <laughs> oh my god it's so easy to get <laughs> lost in this <laughs> It's a maze. It's <laughs> maze. So our lead, she she basically ends up telling hot zombie boy something to the to the um, extent of, I understand what it's like to be different because she has white hair, right? Right, right, right. She's she, been hiding it from people because yes. she would you know be mistreated if uh, people knew she what, had a, white freak, hair. You know? <laughs> what a freak, you know, freak. As Meanwhile. if there are kids walking through high school with like bright pink and blue hair. They oh done. yeah no um. I mean, Billie Eilish. Like, we're looking at her hair, but right. we're like, she's got to be a zombie. In fact, but case. that doesn't
1: fly in this universe. No, 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 no. And
0: neither does having white hair. So she wears a wig. She's blonde, also.
1: So it's she not is, that <laughs> she is um, indeed blonde. And apparently,
0: nothing works to dye it, which also killed me because I was like, I don't buy that either.
1: Well, um, once you discover the truth,
0: the truth. <laughs> well, so at first she was like, so basically she feels that she also understands oppression because her hair is white. And I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, we're saying that she also feels oppressed. And she was like, she wanted to be oppressed so bad.
1: She does. She wants it so bad. She spends the whole first movie being like, I get it. And I'm like, you don't. You don't get it. Your boyfriend is being, like, arrested Arrested by the police because he's a zombie. And meanwhile, she's like, this is just like what I go through. (laughs) And then in the second one, she's like, I just know I'm a werewolf. Uh-huh. Spoiler, she's not she's a werewolf. She's not a werewolf.
0: But then in the last movie, she finally gets to prove that perhaps some of that oppression is correct. It's not. It's also not at all. But she finally gets to, like, feel vindicated because, spoiler- She's
1: an alien! She's an alien!
0: I'm sorry, she's, she's a quarter alien. Oh, yeah, she's a alien. alien. So, I'm a corner Italian, so can I say that I've been through everything Italians have been through? I, I kind of feel like maybe I, I can.
1: Well, Italians aren't real, so it doesn't, it's not <laughs> Oh, a that's true. Aliens are real. You're
0: oppressing <laughs> my one-quarter Italian. by by denying my existence. Oh, my God. No, anyway. Yeah, so, so I is... can't
1: believe they gave her what she wanted, you know? I was a little yeah, mad about it. it. It was so
0: problematic to begin with, and then the way they chose to resolve it, I felt was also extremely problematic. But what about this series wasn't problematic? <laughs> they really remained consistent in that way. They,
1: it is so problematic, but the thing is, like, there are some good things about it. I uh-huh. just feel like it's a mixed bag. Yeah. And that's why I feel like nobody's talking about it. I, I mean, guys, do you also think maybe it's problematic zombies is? But not saying I don't, that you shouldn't watch it or anything. I enjoy no, she's it. she's like,
0: actually, I want you all to watch I it. I do
1: want you to watch it, for sure. I just want to and have a we can talk about it. discussion
0: about discussion <laughs> About zombies. <laughs> zombies. I'm excited to watch it, not because it's going to be a good movie, but because... I Now I want to be able to see this in person I mean the song is like absolutely slow You had like a group of like five different people Who did not vibe at all Who came up with everything for this <laughs> Like there was no One person was like it needs to have a big moral bent Like we really need to be like We need to address <laughs> systemic racism at its core And we need to present this in a way that kids will be able to understand And the producers like Not really paying attention to any of this conversations. like great check the box sounds great We'll do that Anyone have an idea for plot And this guy is like drunk and high as hell he's not paying attention <laughs> and then someone else is like i got it i got it i got it what if we do it racism but we do it with zombies zombie race oh so like zombies that like don't eat people because that could you unf- that could be some unfortunate you know like <laughs> so that we could, could be implying that it people like we're are implying, are dangerous <laughs> yeah exactly uh no no normal zombies but no, it's okay no, no, they'll no. be wearing bracelets um you know like how how nazis <laughs> would mark people with wristbands
1: it's and got, when you think about it uh, to all of the levels you could possibly think about it. uh uh-huh. It's a little bit wild. It
0: gets a little bit wild.
1: <laughs> it's so wild. But... Like, I just don't, like, yeah, you're right. They clearly were not thinking about it to all the levels. They were just like, at a very base level, this is a metaphor.
0: At this very (laughs) base level, exactly. And then there's a choreographer and there's a music producer who were in the meeting and they're like, is anyone else, they're the only ones who aren't high as a kite. They're like, is anyone else hearing what, what is going on? What is going down here? And everyone else is like, no, sounds like a great plan. Let's do that. And so and so now the choreographer it's all on the
1: choreographer <laughs> and the music producer to make this thing work. You guys work. have to make it work. Please. And they and did. they put apparently. everything they had into it. They yeah. really did.
0: Spoon says they're excellent dancers and the music is great. They she played are. Me two songs from the movies and I will say they were a bop. So I was totally jamming, but I was also like this is like the ultimate like Gen Z music. Oh, it's
1: very Gen Z, yeah. It's so Gen Z music. A lot of like but it's good. Dance the the dance breaks are so gen z like if you Uh saw yeah i could not do it but
0: i'm I'm, happy for them i'm (laughs) happy for them i'm i'm not sure i'm happy for them i i don't think they would have chosen to be in that that universe for that movie so many other things could have you could have even chosen a magical creature that's not a man-eating monster
1: yeah you could have
0: i I would even argue perhaps they should have
1: Oh god. Oh my god. That anyway, delightful. that's zombies. Yeah, that's uh obvious. Now
0: if you guys want like an actual like show to watch that uh addresses the idea of systemic racism and segregation between like a paranormal and human, uh may I, I recommend Starcrossed? Similar <laughs> concept done but with aliens and humans, but done <laughs> perhaps better.
1: See, I've never even, like, heard of it until you mentioned it today. It's good.
0: Roswell might also be, but I don't think that that was, like, a segregation thing. Like, I think that that was just, like, I think they were trying to hide that they were aliens, but Roswell's another interesting show like that. But Starcross is straight, like, the government put them in internment camps, the aliens. Oh, Lord. And then started introducing them into the high school. Mm. So... I'm going to say it was a similar concept, but executed better, <laughs> so much better. They didn't need a, uh, a music producer or a choreographer to save to save it. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's good.
1: <laughs> anyway, Well, geez, now I'm excited. We're going to watch Zombies later. Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I say hell yeah, but it's not. I'm like, hell yeah hell yeah we don't have to you brought it up no, no I need to now because now I have really strong opinions about it and I haven't seen That's it true. and I always tell people we we'll you back. need first hand experience before making a really big uh, we'll judgment. come back next
1: week and see if we have the same opinions you know
0: it's very possible it's going to be probably like will, this but, but more <laughs> even more so uh, see it's one of those things where I want to be like this brought and I said like uh, when some of the stuff she was saying brought to mind the time I said as a joke everyone it was a joke that I've never believed in thought
1: censorship before this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Which is still one of the funniest things you've ever said. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> it was a joke, you guys. But I did
0: immediately think, I again, I thought, I've never believed in thought but censorship this is- before this, was- this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. And I obviously don't believe in censorship at all, actually. But <laughs> I will say. And I don't obviously don't believe with with censoring the message of the story, <laughs> but I, I like, like the
1: general message, with the yeah, guys. But perhaps on.
0: we shouldn't portray minorities as man-eating zombie monsters.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, sh- that <laughs> I just want to know who. That's okayed a little it. bit of a crazy idea. I think yeah. let's we'll leave it to the professionals. They clearly know what they're doing. <laughs> You're
0: <They're> so high. <laughs> it was
1: professional. We're like, eh, yeah, it's a zombie. This is
0: zombie. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs>
1: We have to make our love pink it. th- green color scheme work for this movie.
0: <laughs> Actually, that's what it was. They're like, has to be pink and green, has to be pink and green, has to be pink and green. Pink
1: and green had a chokehold on, like, people our age when I was, like, eight. Did. You know, that mm-hmm. was the, the No, I remember. Scheme. My
0: sister, you will love this. My sister had a, um, <laughs> I used to go, my sister is so stylish. She always knows what's fashionable. And I will give her the credit. She did know what was fashionable. But when <laughs> we were time. young <laughs> at the time, this was what was fashionable. She, honest to God would wear like a cute t-shirt some like leggings all right Mm -hmm. flats and then she would wear an honest to god tutu, and it was it was pink, it was green, and it was zebra print. Oh
1: no! <laughs> Which there was a period, you guys. We were young, and no. that
0: was fashion. That
1: was it. I remember, but it hurts so bad. No, and no. and her
0: whole room she decorated pink and green as well.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Good. I did mine. I did mine just green, just like a soft green. <laughs> but then I had to be extra, so I got golden curtains to go around Whoa. my bed. I hung like a sconce on the wall, that I would light the candles. in. It even it was burning the wall slowly. And I would tur- light the candles, and there'd be almost no light, and I would turn off all my lights, and I would sit there and write at my computer. <laughs> it was very disturbing.
1: Oh, God. I you know what this is giving? This is giving, like, Starfire and Raven. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Azrath Mentreon, Zimbos! <laughs> A hundred percent. That is super funny. I am so glad you said that because now I can tell that. He has such a crush on Raven. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? So do I.
1: (laughs) Valid, (laughs) valid.
0: Of course. Have you and or you and your girlfriends ever thought about starting a podcast? Do you already have one? If so, She Podcast Live is the event for you. This four-day event in Washington, D.C. will teach you everything you need to know about podcasting, from refining your skills to growing your audience and more. You'll learn from some of the top female podcasters in the world and walk away with all the tools you need to take your podcasting career to the next level. She Podcast Live is committed to bringing a diverse and inclusive lineup of speakers to the microphone, highlighting industry experts and leaders so attendees can get an inside look at what it's like to be on top. Register now and take a trip to Washington, D.C. this October. Purchase your ticket today at shepodcastlive.com and use the code PBC to get $50 off your ticket. One more time, that's ShePodcastLive.com with the code PBC to get $50 off your ticket. Uh, well, should we get into the book for Let's this episode? Let's do it. Okay. This episode, we're doing the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel
1: Pie Society. Yay!
0: Yay! Yes, this is it. Is it a movie or a show?
1: It's a movie. We and made you've seen a movie. It, right? Yeah. You like it? Yes.
0: And now I want to watch it because I've read the book and I really enjoyed the book. It's by Mary Ann Schaefer and Annie Barrows. And it is... This is delightful. This was a book rec from Jane on Instagram. So Jane, thank you for reaching out and giving us this book rec. This book, I like think I read it. I read it yesterday evening, and then I read it like in a few hours, like. The, d- the day before like I just flew through this book it's an mm. epistolary novel so it's written it's all letters yeah which I also feel like I tend to get through faster because I'm like ooh letters feel so personal but this is so convincing all of the voices of the characters writing these letters and guys I'm sorry in advance if I miss a character but there are so many characters writing letters yeah this. there are um but so convincing and so interesting they all have totally different voices and such a good book although the summary will be quite short
1: yeah, because not much
0: happens. There's
1: really no plot. No, you know?
0: <laughs> it's letters. <laughs> yeah. So it's delight, which is also makes me wonder, like, what's the movie like? Because this is all letters, and so that's why this is so good and so like easy to get through. But it's because you're getting like it's this long I mean, because you're getting everyone's perspective on situations. When I was
1: thinking about it, I was like, the movie I re- that I remember of the movie it is the same. Really? But I guess it's just like nice to watch. Yeah. <laughs> there, I think there was a little bit more like every moment in this that could be dramatic was heightened a little bit for the movie. Yeah, You know, so then it kind of feels more like... That makes
0: sense. So it feels like the stakes are a little bit higher. The stakes are pretty low in this. And plus
1: it does some of the flashbacks with like Elizabeth and stuff, so it kind of gets a little bit dramatic.
0: That sounds super dramatic. Yeah. This is really good. So this the book takes place right after... World War II, right? Yes. Yeah, like right after World War II. So everyone's, and it's in England and everyone's still recovering. But I won't get into it yet because Spoons is going to give us the author bio.
1: Yes. Okay, so this is an interesting one because we actually have two authors and it's actually quite fascinating because uh, the original author, Marianne Schaefer, 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 she's American and she wanted to write a biography of a lady named Kathleen Scott Who was married to an English explorer Named Robert Falcon Scott So she was in Cambridge Studying Kathleen But like couldn't really find anything And people who have like looked in archives and stuff You'll know exactly what she was feeling <laughs> I'm sure where it's Sometimes it's very hard to like You have an idea of things And then mm-hmm. it's like oh that doesn't exist <laughs> Or like you have to like look in all sorts of places To find any information Very interesting mm-hmm. But so she ended up getting frustrated and she went and visited uh, Guernsey, which is in the Channel Islands. So it's like, uh-huh. you know, in between France and England and all that. She got to Guernsey, but the airport was like, she couldn't leave the airport because like there was such heavy fog, apparently. Oh my like, God. Like all the planes were shut down and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she found a uh, book about like the German occupation of Guernsey in World War II and just mm-hmm. read that at the airport. Uh-huh. Uh, that inspired the book yeah. So then like years later she's writing The book she oh I should mention She was like a she worked at like As like a librarian and like at Bookstores and all oh, that you, you like she so She's a book lady yeah Um, And so she wanted to write this book and so She's writing it but the publisher was Like oh, we love it but we have Lots of edits we want you to make before we're gonna publish It and she's like okay mm-hmm. but then she Got sick oh. and um, So she had cancer I believe it was cancer Uh, yeah so anyway but she ended up dying before the book was published and it would have been her first book ever and so she died in february of
0: 2008 wow and
1: but she asked her her niece annie barrows the other Mm -hmm. um author to like finish editing it for her Mm -hmm. and so it also like, the editing involved, like, a lot of rewriting. And I yeah. don't know exactly what the edits were that he made. Like, yeah. maybe the he changed the structure. That's wild.
0: super consistent. So yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: So Annie, like, finished it up and edited everything. And that's why she's a co-author. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's super interesting. Um, Marianne died before it was ever published. So but sad. Annie was a uh, children's book author. And she also wrote some nonfiction. So Ooh. I guess Marianne was like, yeah, I mean... I know another author who can help me with this. Mm-hmm. Annie is now, she's like 60 years old. She was born in 1962. Oh, she was just recently at the Texas Book Festival, actually. Have you ever what? been to the Texas Book Festival? No,
0: I want to. It's when really it?
1: nice. Uh, it's usually in like October. OK, and, we have to go. Yeah. Where is it? Um, downtown, like at the Capitol.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's in our city. It is. I
1: know. <laughs> I only really live in that city. Yeah, anymore, it's in, it's like at the capital. Cool. Um it's really cool.
0: Oh my god, I want to go. And
1: like really famous people go. I'm I am one time I uh I went a couple years ago and I saw Lois Lowry.
0: What? Yeah, it
1: was awesome. Whoa. <laughs> uh I was like geeking out. 100%, yeah. So, uh, Annie uh, went to Berkeley and she majored in English literature and but she graduated uh, with a degree in medieval history, which is so cool.
0: Oh, my God. She was also an
1: editor, and then she was a writer, and she has two daughters, Aww. and she's married. Cool. And Mary Ann was born uh, December 13th, just like Taylor Swift in 1934. <laughs> I you know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, it is kind of sad that she never got to see her book published. That's but, super um, sad. She did a great job with it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool that she got to, like, have her niece uh, work on it. Yeah. As opposed to, like, a stranger. That's
1: really nice. Right. Exactly.
0: What about, uh, do we have their zodiac signs?
1: Well, Marianne, I guess, would be a Sagittarius. And I don't have Annie's birth date exactly.
0: Okay. Well, so that's the authors of the book. Um, That's cool. That's one of our more interesting author bios. I don't think we've ever done, aside from Illuminae, I don't think we've done a oh, book yeah, written by two people. No. Yeah, co-authoring is, is an experience. I feel like this is a good way to do it, though, if you're gonna... I mean, I, I know that they were forced to do it this way, but, like, one person writes, like, the structure of it, and then someone else, like, comes in and, and then works on it from there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be easier than fighting over ideas. Yeah. So, in this book, um, this is gonna be challenging because I'm gonna have to remember a bunch of characters names so this main character of the story is a writer named Juliet Ashton Um, and the book takes place in 1946 is when it starts and so um, the war ended uh, in 45 so it's like just been over yeah and so like this the country is still on like rations and stuff they're still trying to get back everyone is still pretty haunted by the war and stuff that went on but trying to pick up the pieces and move on and Juliet Ashton had basically kind of made a name for herself well under another person's name because she would write these like kind of like comedic articles or were they books or articles? It was I wasn't just really like sure. little
1: articles in the paper I think. That's what
0: I thought um, under the name Izzy Bickerstaff mm-hmm. um, and they were just like funny like uh, they were like wartime articles yeah. and they were supposed to like lighten people's spirits and stuff and That's because like her, so her best friend, Sophie, Sophie's brother, Sydney, is a publisher in London. And so he basically started publishing her, uh, her stories, her Izzy Bickerstaff, but she had decided after the war was over that she didn't want to have to be kind of like mindlessly funny anymore. Like she wanted to write serious things and she wanted to write, you know, like really important things. And so, and she's, she had
1: previously done that Anne Bronte biography, right?
0: She had done an Anne Bronte biography yeah. that did not go over well. No. Apparently, was not popular at all. Uh, so she's dated a bunch of different guys, not really been into any of them. I love this woman. I love Juliet. Ashton. She's amazing. She's so amazing. She's got like the like most like wonderful like sense of humor and kind of sunny disposition, but she's still kind of like wry and she's very strong. Um, and she used to live on, like, in a flat near the Thames, and it was beautiful, and it got bombed, so now she's living in this other flat, and she misses it, and she's looking for a new book idea, and that's basically when she receives a letter from somebody who lives on guernsey one of the channel islands and he basically says this is Dossie, right yeah he's the, he's the first one who contacts her so Dossie sends her a letter this whole book is in the form of letters so all of this is stuff that you get like context from her letters that she sends and receives between sydney and sophie and susan i think is like a book agent or something like yeah. that who goes with her and kind of helps her like go to like on interviews and tours and stuff so Dossie sends her a letter and he basically says hi i don't really know you but i ended up with one of your books Uh, I can see, like, it's got, like, your name and your address on it, so I just thought I would send this letter and see if it makes it to you. It's a book by Charles Lamb, right? Uh And he's like, I love Charles Lamb. I want more stuff by Charles Lamb. Do you happen to know where I could get a biography of Charles Lamb? I hope this isn't a bother, because I don't know you. Yeah. And he basically says this is all thanks to the I didn't used to be much of a reader but thanks to the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society (laughs) uh now we're now a and some like a roast pig dinner or something yeah that uh we had to hide during the German occupation uh now I'm really into reading and so she's like hang on I have to know what (laughs) she's like I have several questions yeah and she she literally speaks like that she writes back and she'll be like so I have several questions, <laughs> and it's so good. And she's so snarky, but, like, in, like, a very sweet way. She's very kind. She's very, very kind. And so she begins exchanging letters with Dossie, and it turns out the Guernsey Potato Peel Pie Society is this kind of book club that only existed because all of the people on Guernsey, um, basically when the Germans had occupied their islands, they basically had were keeping, like, a very close tally of the farmer's animals because they were using them to feed their own soldiers. And so like you, the the people who lived there couldn't eat their own like vegetables and crops and animals. And so basically one of them had found a way to, is it Amelia? Yeah, I think I so. Think Amelia. Uh, I forget Mrs. Mogary or something is her mm-hmm. like last name. We, we know her for a little while, but Amelia is in her like sixties. She's very sweet and she's very, funny and smart and she basically manages to hide a pig and then they she calls Dazzy over because he's really good with pigs and he yeah. kills the pig and they um they they end up having like a secret like little like feasted dinner and they invite over all of their neighbors who like they didn't mostly they didn't know each other all that well yeah they
1: were kind of like acquaintances yeah. at best a lot of yeah. them yeah
0: and at this point they've been eating like turnip soup with like out any yeah, seasonings and that's in it for months and so they were also excited And so they have a great night. They eat till they're full. And then when they're heading back, someone, it's John Booker, right? Who's kind of drunk? I think so. John Booker is another man on the island who's got his own wild backstory. Mm. Um, But he's kind of drunk and he's like singing and it's past curfew. And so they're not supposed to be out. And so they get uh, like, like a guy like the German army officer or whatever is like, what are you guys doing out past curfew? And then Elizabeth. McKenna that's her name right Yeah. Elizabeth McKenna is amazing she goes oh I'm so sorry we just we we're part of this book club and it's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society and we were just or something like that yeah. and we were just uh, reading a book and we were so good and we just got cut up and didn't realize it was past curfew and she's so like sweet and charming yeah. and sounds so honest that the German soldiers like oh, well, we'll just go see, like, the Commandant tomorrow and, you know, get it all cleared or whatever, but it's probably fine. And so she's like, oh, thank you so much. And so then the next day she, like goes back and she tells like Amelia and everyone who's there she's like find all of the books you can we are gonna have to try and make them think that we are like a literary society (laughs) we are a book
1: club now (laughs) we are a
0: book club now but so then they actually do go and like buy out like all the books at the local bookstore and they do actually start like what is it once a week or once every two weeks or something I think it's once every two weeks they all get together and they talk about the books they're reading they don't all read like one book they all read a different book and Uh they talk about what they're reading and it's just kind of like wild and raucous but, yes. like, really earnest. Mm-hmm. And so all these people who wouldn't have been into reading before had it not been for the German occupation and this, like, Ill, ill-fated ill pig dinner. Yeah. Like, all end up being these, like, really passionate readers and they all have very different tastes. Yes. And so, basically, <laughs> um, Juliet, uh, she... I wanted to say messages. Oh, my God, I'm so, like, 21st
1: century. She texts <laughs> him.
0: Yeah, she texts him. She sends him a letter back saying... I think I might want to write about you guys yeah. within your society. Would you mind? And if not, like, would you give them my address and have them send, um have have the people in your society send me letters about, like, writing and the society and the German occupation and what reading means to them because she's been hired to write this article about, like, the, the philosophical importance of reading or whatever. Uh, plus, she's trying to come up with an idea for her new book. Yeah. And so they do. So she starts getting a whole of these, like, like a flood of letters from people on Guernsey. And they are... Some of them are just hysterical, like Isola or Isola. Isola, I don't know how you say her name. Yeah, they say it as Isola Isola
1: in the book. Isola, I mean, in the audiobook. audiobook.
0: Isola's wild. So she she's is like insane. a witch. She's like, she is insane. And she is also like a
1: self-proclaimed witch. Yeah, She's wild. She is
0: bananas. And she is so friendly. And you just fall in love with this woman. Oh, I love her. You're like, Isla. I can't. I, you are just the most fabulous she's person. too much. And she's like falling off like a hen house. So she like looks kind of crazy and weird. <laughs> yeah. And she's got a parrot. And... <laughs> Just, she is good, and she's such an overshare, and she asks so many, like, deeply personal questions, yes. by the way. She's like, I don't believe in small talk. Tell me all your deepest fears. <laughs> like, it's a but uh, but Juliet loves it. She doesn't care. She loves how, like, real and honest these people are, and she loves yeah. hearing their stories. And all the time that this is going on, there's a... She's basically... She went on this book tour around Europe, and his name's Mark M. V Reynolds, correct? Yes. I think so. Mark, she,
1: yeah. Mark. Is I, that what they say in the movie? Uh, She calls
0: him Mark in here, too, doesn't she? Yeah. I just thought of he, he. I thought he seemed pretentious, and so I just only think of him as Mark and B Reynolds.
1: He is pretentious. So
0: Mark is this like super wealthy American publishing mogul. Uh,
1: American. Oh,
0: I know. The second it was like he's American, I was like, so he's going to be a tool. So we hate him. <laughs> so we don't like him at all. <laughs> and so while she was out on tour, this is creepy. She kept getting flowers, like huge bouquets of flowers delivered to her, yeah. and they weren't like signed or anything. And so she contacted Sydney, her publisher, and her, you know, her. best friend's brother and she was like dude like what do you know what's going on who is it and they find out that it's this guy mark reynolds Who's this publishing mogul and Sydney? Sydney and Mark hate each other without cause immediately. Yes, they <laughs> hate each other, and so he's like, "That guy is scum. He's tr- he's gonna try and like win you away. Way. He wants you to go to America. He wants to represent you and make money off of you. He wants to use you." And she's like, "Well, he's really hot, and he's taking me to fancy lobster dinner <laughs> when I get back." So she does. Well, actually, it's cute the way that she like finally like figures out who he is. She basically like catches the delivery boy delivering flowers and she like makes him tell her <laughs> yeah. who it is and so then she sends him a letter and she's like i hope you don't think this is impertinent but uh stop <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah what the hell yeah
0: and so it's good and so they have this kind of like flirtation ship through letters that's pretty it's pretty charming he's very confident but he's also kind of a dick mm-hmm. so uh they have like nothing i feel like uh like Integrity and like values wise, they have no values in common. But really. she's beautiful and she's intelligent and she's successful. And so Mark is like, I'm beautiful, intelligent, successful. We're a power couple. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Mark, shut up he, and go back to America. He's
1: absolutely going for, I need to be a part of a power couple.
0: Yeah, he's looking for a power couple. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he wants from her. Yeah. And so he starts like taking her out on these dates and she's like, we always we go to parties. I wear fancy dresses. And you can see like really quickly in her letters to her friend Sophie that she's getting pretty bored of this. Yes. She's like, I have to go put on another evening dress. Oh, yeah, here we go again. She's like, okay, whatever. She, yeah, she's like not really excited about it anymore. But she's like, I can't figure out why. And so Sophie's like, Do you love him? And she's like, I don't, I don't know, Sophie. Stop asking me questions. Like she does not <laughs> want to talk about Mark. No. <laughs> and um, basically, everyone. So she keeps getting letters during this time from people on Guernsey. So Eben, or as I say his name, Eben. Yeah, Eben. I think. He's this older man on the island who lives with his grandson, Eli, um, and Eben's daughter, right, Jane? Yeah. Yeah, she was best friends with Elizabeth McKenna, but Jane passed away with her baby in the hospital just before the Germans came and dropped bombs or whatever. And so... um, so that was sad. But basically, Eli, the grandson, he was really young at the time, and he was sent away like a lot of children were to places in Europe they thought would be safer before the Germans came. Yeah. But so then after after the war ended, all the kids came back to Guernsey, and it was a really great day. And Eli now lives with uh, with his grandfather, Eben, and he's a little older, and he's really into wood carving. And he's such a sweet person. He's a soul. sweetheart. He's a sweetheart.
1: He's like, when his letter to Juliet, where he's like, uh, I want to carve you something, but I'm not sure exactly what you would want, and I want it to be something you want. So tell yeah. me your favorite animal. Do you like mice? I can really do good yeah, mice. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. And
0: then he does end up giving yeah. her a mouse, which is so, so cute. cute. And then I'm trying to think of who else is on the island. There's also um, – uh,
1: Well, Kit.
0: Kit. Kit, so Elizabeth's daughter, Kit. So Elizabeth, we find out, was sent to a concentration camp. Yeah. Which is awful, because basically there were these, like, slave workers, which is horrifying that I've never heard of this. I mean, I knew that they, I knew they used people like that. I it's didn't. So it's so horrific, honestly. And so one of the, like, German slave workers, um, she, he was, like, dying and starving, because towards, like, the end of the German occupation of violence, the there was no food left for anyone. Yeah. But soldiers were told that they would be, like, hung if they stole food from the villagers Mm -hmm. and so this guy was just trying to like find like a potato to eat or something but he was too weak to even do that yeah and and he was
1: like 16 he was he was yeah he
0: was a baby and a lot of these were just babies yeah and so this uh this guy elizabeth was like volunteer nurse she's such a good person (laughs) god she's amazing uh and so she basically she helped um she helped nurse him back to health but then they got caught because one yeah. of their neighbors reported them yeah which is horrible and then dossie went and beat him up later i was so happy which is amazing hell yeah that's hell my yeah. dossie exactly oh dossie but um so anyway so she got she got uh, arrested and sent to a concentration camp and then um but before that before that she'd given birth to a baby girl named kit and yeah. kit is the daughter of a German soldier named Christian, right? Yeah. But Christian is not like, he's not a dick by any means. He is one of the many who was swept (laughs) into the war against his will. But he fell in love with Elizabeth and all her friends. Like, everybody who lives there really likes
1: this guy. Like, he
0: tries to help them however he can.
1: It it did seem like everybody was like, nah, Christian's cool. Yeah, they were
0: like, Christian's cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, they were there for five years, the Germans who occupied the town. And so, obviously, like, not all of them can be just as evil as the next one. So they said, like, by the end of it, like, you had a few friends who were German. Like... You know, like, everybody just wanted the war to end. As yeah. much as we were afraid really that our families yeah, yeah. Were being bombed, like, they were just as afraid that their families were at home being bombed. And so they basically, like, with a few of the German soldiers who didn't really want to be a part of this at all anyways. Who weren't they, like,
1: I love being a Nazi, you yeah, know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They uh, ended up kind of befriending. And Elizabeth fell in love with Christian, and Christian fell in love with her, and they had a baby, but then he was sent off to another, like, command or something, and he died. Um, which is really sad. And then Elizabeth was sent off to a concentration camp, but uh, her daughter... Christina, was that what they named her or something like that? Yeah, something like that. or Christiana. It was something like that, something that sounded like Christian. They call her Kit, mm-hmm. and so basically, she's being raised by the the Potato Peel <laughs> Pie Society. Yeah, like as a
1: group, basically. As a
0: group, they basically like she'll live a few weeks with one of them and then a few weeks with another, and is so sweet. And
1: I it's love precious, it, precious, and we love. Kit. I want to be part of this society so I bad, know, right?
0: Me too. And then there were like a few outliers from the group who're like, I used to go and now I don't go anymore. And yeah. they always have like such attitude about it. But I'm trying to think that and John Booker's another like core member of the group. Yeah. He's the one, he's not originally from the island, neither was Elizabeth McKenna. She moved there when she was young. But John Booker moved there when he was older. Um <laughs> and there's like Isla knows everything about everyone. She's so funny. And then um like she basically I'll just give you guys the spoiler now so I don't forget to say it later, but John Booker is gay. And so is Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And basically Isla has found <laughs> Isola out these like, things. Oh gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because Sydney basically he visits later and he stays with Isla and he loves her. They get along so well. Yeah. It's so cute and the parrot really likes and it's adorable. And she says something like, So are you and Juliet gonna get married? <laughs> and he's like, No, uh because I am a homosexual <laughs> And then Isla goes, oh, like Booker. Yeah. I see. I won't tell
1: anyone. <laughs> and it's you just love Isla. You're oh, just Isla like. is insane. I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her, too. <laughs> just crazy.
0: Anyway, so John Booker, which we find out later, he is gay. Yeah.
1: And everyone keeps getting so jealous of sydney like mark is jealous, mark of, sydney, is jealous of sydney and then Dazzy spoiler gets jealous of sydney because everyone's like well because he and they Gili- really are close. so close they're like family but everyone's like well he they must be in love they with must each be in other. love and, and both everyone- of them are like uh, lol no
0: <laughs> no not at all um but anyway so john booker basically he ended up uh Just in the group by happenstance and he used to have a drinking problem though he doesn't anymore he basically developed a drinking problem because he was like the valet of this really wealthy family that had moved to guernsey originally because the super wealthy patriarch wanted to avoid being in the war just like he did with world war one so this is just a really charming guy he'll like do anything to get out of actually having to serve Uh, um anyway so they're trying to him and so the wealthy guy sir whatever his face was or lord whatever his face was i forget he's like an aristocrat of some kind he, he and his family they left on a yacht but before they left um, John Booker turned around and went back to their house and decided you know what there's a whole cellar full of alcohol <laughs> like, here how about I just drink it and then Elizabeth was like well they're gonna I guess his, his mother was Jewish and so they were trying to make the Germans like had to go to a, a place nearby and like register if they were Jewish and then all of his friends were like do not do that Yeah. and he's like well I'm gonna we're all gonna have to have some kind of identification like what do I do and they were like well how about you just pretend that you are the rich guy who left and so he does and elizabeth is an artist so she even like paints like a portrait to look like one of his ancestors uh-huh. and so it's so good so when the germans do come to the fancy house and kick him out to like the, the shed in the back or whatever they they fully think that he's that guy so that's good and he pretty much drinks until all the drink runs out and it's kind of seems like he's not really into drinking anymore yeah. he also gets obsessed with seneca
1: Yes, he is obsessed with it's Seneca. It's so weird.
0: He only reads the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's he reads Seneca funny. over and over again.
1: <laughs> He's like at being like, maybe I'll have to give him Pride and Prejudice or something to yeah, get him out to of get the him Seneca rut. And, and I- then he got sent to a concentration camp too. Yes, he eventually. did.
0: Yeah, and then he got back out and came home. But I forget why did he get sent there.
1: Uh, somebody. T- oh, that freaking bitch told on him. There's all these tattletales. Oh, Addison. No, no, no. Her? no. Is oh. that her
0: name even? I forget her name.
1: No, I don't remember her name. Lisa or something. <laughs> but she, Lisa? It's yeah. not Lisa. Isn't it, it? No. It's not no Addison. Way. That's the <laughs> main it. character in Zombies.
0: Is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it starts with an A, I think.
1: Continue. <laughs> well, now I have to look it up. But, yeah, because she gets... Um she like finds out cuz she sees a picture of the real lord in the newspaper or oh. something and so she like tells on him immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you find her name?
0: Yeah, it's Adelaide Addison. So I was I was close. No, that's a different lady. This is the Okay, but this isn't mean lady. She's Yeah, so,
1: that's yeah. the other mean lady. But this is a different lady okay, who different told on lady. him. Okay. I Adelaide is a bitch name. though for sure.
0: Yeah. So he got told on for not being actually that guy. Yeah, so, so then he got in trouble. Yeah. I
1: have to say I fully sobbed reading this book. Did I you? cannot I have read too many books about the Holocaust like mm-hmm. I cannot do it anymore I yeah. get so upset yeah like just even the brief scenes in this mm-hmm. one I'm like this is the most horrific horrible it's thing so I've horrific. ever read
0: I have not read too many but I've been to Italy several times because family and my grandmother would always take us to all the Holocaust sites oh god and it is the most I It is just the most like bone chilling heart-wrenching experience to be there and it is just it is awful like you've never walked into a place where you have felt such like a heaviness it is horrible like it it just gets sunny outside you can't even tell my only memory of every time i've ever visited a holocaust site is the sky is dark yeah i don't even know if that was true it just feels so dark
1: yeah it's awful there's like that one line in this book where he says something about like how they like when they like liberated the camp, they like ended up tearing it down later, mm-hmm. and then they're building something else on it. Yeah. And he was like, "I just like can't even imagine anything else being there. Like nope. it should just be a dead space forever." A hundred percent. And I was like, "Wow, that's such a powerful." Yeah. Well, I think it
0: sentiment. will be because that's how all of these places felt too. It felt like a dead space. It felt like nothing should ever happen here ever again. Yeah, good like or that's bad. it. This space is null. Uh
1: huh. That's horrible.
0: Yeah, it's, it's awful. like so
1: sad. I can't even. I mean obviously the holocaust is sad. I just don't even have the words for it, you it's know just, what I mean? It's
0: still so horrific that we're still in shock this, all this time later. We're still like how how could it happen? It's
1: really terrible. It's
0: terrible. But um um
1: it's very hard to read about. This book is. is so fascinating because it's like we have that and then there's just like but then there's like it's like a very joyous book, honestly, but it it's is. in the wake of some one of Something, the worst periods ever. Yeah. So, uh, of course, that like yeah. seeps into it. It's so very So everyone is like
0: simultaneously trying to like move on and forget about stuff, but not forget about it and learn how to live with it. And so like every character is kind of torn between those strategies. Yeah. And so they, she even talks about it some, because some, some people are like, oh, we just need to move on and never think about it again. And some people are like, no, we need to think about it, but not let ourselves be controlled by it. And some people want to be distant from it. And some people seem to not know how to not live in the war anymore. Yeah. And so everyone is dealing with this in a very individual but totally valid way.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we've introduced all of the the main members of the society now, I yeah, think. Yeah,
1: nobody else that's really going to affect anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. So basically, she's still been dating Mark. Uh, Mark proposes to her after they've known each other oh, yeah. for not very much time. She said time. two months. Yeah, two months. And she was previously engaged to someone yeah. for after she met him for a very short time. And then he basically, when they were moving in together, oh, he yeah. packed up her books without telling her he was going to and put all his like sports trophies up. <laughs> and she kicked him out and she was like, we're done. Absolutely not. <laughs> Which I think is hysterical. It was really funny. He was super funny. And she basically, like, she remembers that so she's like, I can't give an answer to Mark and I don't know how I feel about him. I feel like if that's how you feel then you should know like he's not the one for you but she's not quite ready to call it quits because he is so damn handsome oh
1: yeah and she's also kind of
0: like i mean we're both we are both kind of like power couple people like i think she kind of like gets that like energy and like he can match her energy but he doesn't match her interests at all right they have nothing in common well
1: they have books in common yeah
0: because he's a publisher but
1: i just feel like outside of that they kind of don't always seem to vibe he's very like He's very forceful, honestly. Very
0: forceful. Very all business also. Even like in like what he seems to like he's, he thinks he's being romantic. It still seems very yeah. all business.
1: Like when she was, he was like, hey, can we see each other tonight? And she's like, sure. You want to come over? I'll make something. He's like, "Uh, yeah, I'll just see you at the restaurant. That kind yeah. of thing. I'm yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah.
0: Like- <laughs> he's He is exclusively a dick about everything. But sometimes he's doing it in a funny way. And sometimes he's just doing it to be a dick. And you're just yeah. like. Neither one is a good look for you, Mark. No. Mark and V. Reynolds. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, she he knows that she's been receiving all these letters from Guernsey, and they've been inviting her to go out there, and she's finished her article. So she's like, yeah, I'll go get inspiration for my book. And Mark is not about it. He's like, that's the stupidest thing. And they get in a really big fight. Because she says, I, I don't know if I can marry. She basically he flew, he flies into a stupid rage because she can't give him a yes or a no to his marriage proposal after knowing mm-hmm. him for two months. And I'm like, that feels pretty valid.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, Mark.
0: Oh, Mark. And so he does actually drive her. He does volunteer on his own to like drive her to the docks or whatever, so she can take like the the boat out to Guernsey. But like he tries to convince her the whole way that he that she should. That he basically keeps telling that she's such an idiot for not marrying him. And I'm like, oh, Mark, how charming. You really yeah. know the oh, way to wow, a woman's Mark. heart. You're really winning me over now, Mark. How
1: am I not falling over myself for you, Mark? Mark?
0: oh, And so she gets to Guernsey, and it is... It's amazing.
1: Oh yeah, it's so good. You are immediately like, yes, this is the book. <laughs> yes, this is
0: the book. And from here, it's it's like part two of the book because the book is in two parts. And this part of the book is like not as much plot as it is like just getting to know characters. Yeah. So Isla is wonderful and crazy. Sydney comes out and meets her. They're delightful. Uh, they discover Oscar
1: Wilde's letters.
0: Yes! Basically, when Isola was a little girl, her father what drowned one of her cats, or her cat Muffin, I think.
1: It was her grandma that this happened to.
0: Oh, this is right. This is her grandma. Yeah. So Isola's grandma, this, is, this was the story that her grandma had told her, was she had a cat named Muffin, and her dad drowned it. And it's so sad. And then there was this guy who was traveling through Guernsey, and he basically told her, well, cats have nine lives, so your cat was just born again somewhere else, like in France or something. Yeah. And then for the rest of her, like, for the next, like, several years or whatever... Uh, her grandmother was re- would receive letters as if they were from the cat. Yeah. Like, committedly with, like, stories about, like, the cat's adventures and stuff. And they were signed with Oscar Wilde's initials, which I don't remember his full name, but it's very yeah. long and ostentatious, because of course it is. Of course it is. Of course. This is Oscar
1: we're talking about. Yeah,
0: seriously. Even his mom, <laughs> even his mom was ostentatious. And, like, there's a line about, thank God she did that. And I'm like, yeah. And so... Juliet's like, wait, could these letters be from Oscar Wilde? And they have someone come out and authenticate them, and they are. I loved it's this so part. so Isla's got like eight letters from Oscar yes. Wilde himself. And they're like, they, they're like, people want to put them in a museum and pay you for them. And she's like,
1: nope, they're going to stay right here in my biscuit <laughs> yes. tin. And you're like, all right, Isla. <laughs> it was so funny. She was like, people can come see them if they want, but they're going to stay in my tin. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's so cute. And then there's this whole scheme where like... Sydney's gross new secretary ca- tries to come out and steal the letters because she's like colluding with this awful reporter who gonna yeah. make look bad because he's a total dick. And so they catch them and nothing happens. But that's like one of the biggest pieces of drama, honestly. <laughs> it
1: really was. It really was. And it was like, oh, this is Looney Tunes. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so she's getting to know all of them. She's staying in Elizabeth McKenna's old cottage and Kit ends up, at first Kit does not like her at all, but Juliet's like, I know how to how to deal with this. I'm just not going to ingratiate myself with her at all. I'm just going to, like, live my life and be funny and fun next to her. And Kit is just, like, she gets so into it. And so Kit ends up staying with her mm-hmm. for, like, most of the time yeah. that she's there. And it's so sweet. It's and she just falls so in love with Kit. And, like, she's never really been, like, maternal or really into kids necessarily. And she's got a little godson, Sophie's son, who she loves. And I love, like... She's so funny. For someone who doesn't have kids or really know kids, she really gets them. Because she would say stuff, like... Like really like stuff that Sabi sounds like, "Oh, that's too dark or violent for a kid." But she's like, "Do you think?" she's like, "Dominic would have loved it." And I'm like, "You're probably right. Yes, a <laughs> yeah. little
1: boy, would have loved that." What's the game that she plays with a kid? Dead Bride? Dead
0: Bride. <laughs> like, dead Bride. <laughs> she
1: was like te- messaging, "Oh god, texting." I messaging. know. She was writing Sophie and she was like, "Is this too inappropriate for her? I don't know. We're having fun with it though." Yeah, we're having fun. So I'm
0: not going to ask Amelia if it's too uh, if it's inappropriate for her age because I don't want to stop playing Dead Bride and Kit loves it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's kind of like bride. hide and seek, with Dead Bride <laughs> yeah. essentially. <laughs> it's super funny. Um and Kit is like a wild little kid, too. Like she's very smart and she's very different. Uh and so she's so slowly she decides that she's going to write her new book about Elizabeth McKenna because Elizabeth is the one who kind of held the whole potato peel pie society together. Yeah. Well her and kind of Dossie because Elizabeth is like a doer and Dossie kind of just holds everyone together and just kind of does whatever needs to be done for whoever needs it. He
1: is such a glue honestly. He is the glue. And Elizabeth is such an advocate. She is. Elizabeth will do anything for anybody. Yep. And she, I just like reading this. I'm like, Elizabeth McKenna is the best person who ever lived. I wish I could meet her. I (laughs) I wish she was real.
0: (laughs) Which we actually, to that note, we find out they've been waiting to hear any word from her. She hasn't returned yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, And they basically, they get word from uh, someone who was Elizabeth's friend in the concentration camp. Her name is Remy. She's French. And she basically says, I wanted to tell you. uh, I've heard so many stories about you guys. You are what kept us going in there that Elizabeth died, she was shot for protecting another woman yeah. um, in the concentration camp. So that's awful. And it was only like a few weeks before the Allies won. And so... It was,
1: that's horrific. It
0: was awful. It was awful to hear. And so... Um, so that's that's truly really tragic. And the whole crew on Guernsey is trying to take it well. And they all go to see Remy because... I guess Remy and Elizabeth would talk about what they would do when they were free and that they would both go together and live in the cottage on Guernsey and see Kit. And so Dossie just decides, like, Remy has got to come here. And he does end up convincing her to come to Guernsey for her recovery. Yeah. And she's definitely super haunted. And so Elizabeth, not Elizabeth, so Juliet's starting to get a little bit jealous. Yes. Because Uh. she's like, wait, maybe I like Dossie. But previously, she totally does. She so does. But previously, Mark had showed up on the island to like, quote unquote, (gasps) surprise her. She kind of kicks him out, but was trying to be like polite. And then the next morning he shows up and she basically breaks it off fully. And he's like, you're an idiot. And she's like, get out.
1: Yeah. Because he
0: he basically says uh, that it's not her job to take care of Kit and that the people in town are just shoving Kit off on her for her to take care of. And she gets so mad. She just tells him to get out.
1: And, and we all cheered. And
0: we all cheered. Goodbye, Mark. But Dossie had already seen them together. Mm-hmm. And so Dossie's kind of like, well, they're clearly a couple. And then after that, he's like, well, clearly her and Sydney are a couple.
1: And you're like, <laughs> "No." Nope. Instead of, like, actually saying anything, Dossie just keeps yeah. being like, well, she's clearly got somebody yeah. else better than me.
0: Dossie is very quiet. <laughs> he's very he shy. Does not, he does not do much talking. Um, but he does. He's just always present. Yeah. So she's jealous because she thinks that him and Remy are together. But then we find out not really. He's just he feels like kind of obliged to but also he's just a good person and he really yeah. wants remnant to do well but she ends up deciding to go back to france because she gets like an apprenticeship at a bakery with some friends or mm-hmm. something um and so that'll be better for her to move on because like that's the big thing too is everybody gets is trying to get through this war in very different ways and so a lot of them thought like her coming to guernsey would be a good way for her to get away but uh even juliet starts to think maybe it would be better for her to go back and try to move on with her life in France. Right. Um, and so that is what Remy
1: decides on her own. Isola sees them at the bonfire and he, she thinks that, Oh yes. This is kind of where I thought you were going. No, no, yeah, that is, that is okay. where I'm going. Cause that's
0: pretty much, much all that's she left. She thinks
1: think. she sees like the way Dazzy's like kind of, she thinks that Dazzy's like really, or like sad that uh, Remy's leaving. Yeah. And so she's like, Oh my God, Dazzy's in love with Remy. How have I never seen it before? Yeah she, like, asks Dozzy, like, if she can come clean his house for him as, like, an early Christmas present. She
0: thinks that she's Mrs. Marple now. She thinks that she's this, like, lady detective from some books that Sydney recommended to her. Yes! this is super cute.
1: It's so cute. And so she's like, I'm gonna snoop around and see if I can find uh, evidence that Dazzy's in love with uh, Remy. But instead she finds only evidence that really to anybody else would point clearly, oh, Darcy's in, in love, love with Juliet. Juliet.
0: <laughs> no, but she's just like, she doesn't put it together at all. At all. It is shocking. <laughs> it's insane. Like, she's got, like, one of Juliet's handkerchiefs in his special little treasure, box, treasure box. And she doesn't put it together. And It's yes. all pictures of Kit and her, because also, Kit is definitely closest to Darcy of uh-huh. all of the people she in loves society. Dossie. Yeah, she loves him.
1: And it's so sweet. And so, like, when she's telling... Uh, Juliet about it later, she's like, well, you know, I was looking for, I thought he was in love with Remy, but it's really just all pictures of you and kid, and yeah. you know, he has her handkerchief. I don't know if you want that back or not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so then Juliet is just, like, thrilled. And she doesn't even say anything. She just, like, runs out of the house, runs down to where Dossie is working, and oh my god, see, this is the scene where one of my favorite quotes came from, which is usually a you thing, but it's completely I was just in love with the scene. And she basically goes in there, and she's like, hey, do you want to marry me? Ah! And he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Cause I'm in love with you, so I thought if you want to, if you want to marry me, um, I would like that too." And he's like, "Hell yeah, hell yeah! It is so good, it is so good." And she's also gotten that uh, she's gotten them to agree to let her adopt Kit, yes. so Kit will be officially adopted by her, and obviously Dazzy too, because she totally loves Dazzy, so. That's the Guernsey it's, Literary and
1: Potato Peel Pie Society. It's the most perfect ending of all time. It's amazing.
0: I kept going, are we not we're not gonna get the ending I want? Are we? We're not gonna get the <laughs> ending I want. And then we did, and it was so cute, and it was so sweet. And this book was amazing. It's
1: so oh, wonderful. So good. It makes me just want to live on Guernsey and like I have know. like a bunch of eccentric friends who are all different ages and yeah. who like different books, but we all just have a fun time together. Yeah. And we community raise the child. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's like the best thing possible. Also, Dazi is such a good love interest. He's such a good Juliette love interest. And Juliet is a perfect main character. She's
0: amazing. She's fantastic. She's kind of like, she's a little bit flighty. She doesn't really know her own mind at first,
1: but she developed by the end of the, of the
0: book she does, which I think is great.
1: I think she's like very... Uh, smart and very with it and also very emotionally smart. Yep. Like, she really knows how to talk to people and like, she's very capable. I know a lot of her.
0: She's totally capable, which is nice because I feel like a lot of, like, protagonists, they try to start them off being, like, either not so smart or not so capable and then they get there. Yeah. Or, like, being, like, unrealistically bad at some stuff or yeah. unrealistically flawed. And I felt like she just felt like a pretty real person, but, like, like a yeah. pretty real, like, healthy person. Somebody that you'd
1: want to be friends with. Yeah,
0: you'd want to be friends with her. Like, she wasn't, like, a messed up person to be a good heroine. Like, she was a pretty no. cool person to begin with. And then she got even better because she got to know
1: herself more.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. And then she lives on currency forever so now. She was
1: like, I don't even care about going back to London. I just want to live here with my friends. Yeah, was like, like,
0: I'm never going back. Good for
1: you. Yeah, All of it, like, happened in, like, the span of, a, like, less a than a year. Yeah. I'm like this is the best year of your life girl i'm it so is the happy best year for you of life
0: a hundred percent
1: one of the other things i loved about julia just like kind of a testament to like what kind of a character she is is when um they were you know notably a little wary at first about like oh this writer from london's gonna come oh talk my about God, us and yes. she was like okay i'm gonna have two people i know send references one yes. of them loves me and the other hates me so then you can kind of get a good <laughs> idea of what i'm like and
0: so good. And then we got to read the reference letters from both of those people. And it was so funny. It was so good. It was, I was like, that is genius. It's really smart. She is. She's got like confident enough in herself that she felt like she could do that. Like, yeah. she's confident. She's not, that's the other thing, too. I feel like a lot, like, one of the main flaws of a lot of female main characters is a lack of confidence until they grow to have confidence in right, themselves. Yeah. But Juliet pretty much had confidence in herself to no, yeah. Way. And I was like, you go, girl, that's awesome. I love her. It's so nice. She's amazing and she's so witty and she's so clever and like all of her letters are the most interesting ones to read
1: oh yeah she's great yeah also you know what i just realized what three uh of the actors from downton abbey are in this movie are they yeah because lily james Uh is plays juliet Mm -hmm. and then matthew good plays sydney and Uh he's perfect oh my gosh i forgot her name but sybil uh-huh. From that's Nabby. it plays Elizabeth McKenna. She does? Yes. I feel like she only just plays, like, the best person you've ever seen in your life. You know what I mean? Aw, it's so sweet. <laughs> that's so cute. I guess there's only, you know, so many actors. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> well, what was your favorite and least favorite part of this book?
1: Oh, man. My favorite part. There are so many good parts. So many. But one of the parts that I absolutely loved was just... The Reveal of oh my god these letters Are from Oscar Wilde so because good. It felt like something absolutely Oscar Wilde would do Uh huh, <laughs> And it made me so happy Sometimes I when I think about him I get so happy <laughs> I Same. mean I get sad though But I, I love know. him but you he have just, to love Oscar like, Wilde Yeah he's like one We're of a kind
0: We're doing the importance of being Ernest soon I'm so excited I'm really excited I love it. it's so good It's a play it's Oscar Wilde Oh my god it's so good yeah I love yeah.
1: the movie So I'm happy to re- yeah. read, to read yeah. it um, I just love him so much.
0: What about your least favorite part?
1: I don't even know, because I love the whole book. Yeah. It's isn't, I guess I'll have to say, not that it was written badly or anything. I also think I'm glad that it's included. Yeah. But it was really hard for me to read some of the Holocaust yeah, stuff. That's what I was going like, to say. Like, really hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, least favorite part by when we say least favorite we always mean i think we not always but we often mean hardest part to read yes Uh, if we if we mean worst part in craft then we'll We'll say say it it, yeah Yeah, otherwise we always just mean hardest part part that made me sad yeah the holocaust (laughs) portions were really difficult um hearing from Remy. Remy's letter was so hard oh, to read. Oh,
1: yes, I know.
0: It was so difficult. Especially
1: because it's at that point you feel like you know Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it was a pretty graphic letter. And it was pretty long. Yeah. So that was that was pretty hard. Um my favorite part I mean, I just love I love everything that happens on Guernsey. I love the last scene with her and Dossie. Ugh. I love Juliet's letters. She just has such a way with words. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I think probably her letters She's throughout. She's so
1: funny. I love her she letters is. to Sydney.
0: I know. <laughs> I love her relationship with Sydney Me too. too. It's so good. <laughs> What about favorite and least favorite characters?
1: Uh, that's so hard too. I love them all, you know? Yeah, except for the least favorite uh, character Adelaide. Adelaide.
0: Adelaide Adelaide Addison. Yeah, yeah so I didn't mention worst. her, but she basically took it upon herself to write Juliet when she heard that the Potato Field Pie <laughs> Society was writing her. Mm-hmm. Uh And say, basically, all these people are heathenist sinners. You should not be communicating with them. I was so horrified when I heard you'd be writing about them that I felt the need to contact you and tell you not to do it. Yeah. And then she, like, a few, like, letters later is like, I can see that you haven't taken my advice. I want to once again warn you as a woman of God. (laughs) And you're like, shut the (laughs) hell up. Shut up. No one asked
1: you anything. She's a horrible person. She really was. Yeah. but all, she was saying like horrible stuff to children, and
0: Elizabeth slapped Elizabeth, her in the face once. And Isla's was like, "It was the best damn day of my life." <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so, so good. good. So she's probably least favorite. Yeah, he um,
1: didn't like her. Also, I didn't like both of the Tattletales. Like, obviously. oh, well, they're they don't they're even scum count as of characters. characters not really. even
0: they're not even. Sh- I would have her a hundred times over than them. Oh they're yeah, scum. I
1: hope yeah. you died. <laughs>
0: favorite character is probably Juliet. Yeah. She's just so cool. I was going to say Elizabeth, but really like Juliet is a lot like Elizabeth, but we get to know her better. Yeah. So probably her. I mean, her. Elizabeth
1: seems absolutely perfect. <laughs> she does
0: seem so absolutely So of course perfect.
1: Elizabeth, but I she's not even in the book, really. Yeah, so I guess it has to be Julia. Julia. Yeah, she's who I love.
0: Yeah, although I mean, all the characters, like honorable mention for Isla and Sydney. And I love their relationship. Yes, they're so cute. And Dazzy is a wonderful, wonderful man. And Kit is a spectacular child. Like this whole crew, everybody's
1: great. It's wonderful. How could you pick? I love them all.
0: Yeah. Uh, What about uh, favorite quotes?
1: Okay. (laughs) Here's mine. Okay, this is from. There's, like, a part uh, where all these people just, like, randomly from Guernsey. Mm -hmm. I think Amelia told them, like, hey, you should write letters to my friend Juliet. She's getting, like, you know, stories for, Uh uh, like, her book that she's writing. Yeah. And so a bunch of random people just sent Juliet a bunch of letters. Yeah. And one of them was this lady who was, like, a self-professed animal lover. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. (laughs) That was (laughs) good. She's like, you have to tell them what they did to the animals. Yes, which is so sad. And it is super sad. But it's just funny, like, this Her is voice this was woman's funny. identity is yes, animals. Yes, yeah. but
1: I found it horrifying. There's actually a lot horrifying. of parts where it was like, oh, this is horrible. Every
0: time you learn something else about what happened during the Holocaust to any, any group of people or living things, every time it gets worse, you're like, could you're like, this get hmm, any worse? I didn't yes, didn't think could.
1: World War II could be sadder, and then, and then it, it was. Does. And they're
0: like, also, they killed all the puppies. Yeah, it's and just you're like stuff
1: you never would have even thought about. This
0: was unnecessarily awful.
1: Yeah. Everything and it's not was. not like... Yeah, I was just so sad. But anyway, yeah. so she was telling little well, Juliet about horrible things that had to happen to these animals. and mm-hmm. But she was like <laughs> basically going off about how I don't like people. I never have. I've always enjoyed animals more. <laughs> that kind of thing. And <laughs> she, she does- says, treat a dog right, and he'll treat you right. Be your best friend. Never ask you no questions. Cats is different, but I never held that against them. <laughs> Cats is
0: different. It made different. me laugh so hard. Cats is so different. They'll, like, eat your eyeballs if
1: you die <laughs> in their house. I love how she was like, listen, dogs are literally perfect. Angels on Earth. Cats are not, but that's not their fault.
0: But well, that's not their
1: fault, and we still love them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so good. It cracked and, me up. I immediately had to so pause. Good. I was <laughs>
0: I think my... So my favorite quote, I had already... I've already referenced it once. Um, and it's going to be hard to like... Because it's kind of a conversation. It's not exactly a uh, a quote. So I'm going to read just this. Uh, this is going to be a bigger portion. I don't know how else to give it to you. This is also like my favorite moment, I go guess. Go ahead. Go for it. Um, so she's just burst into like the library, right? That he's working on. And uh, he she asked them to leave. Uh, so... Uh, they said, certainly, and left the room. Dossie said, is something wrong, Juliet? Is Kit all right? Kit's fine. It's me. I want to ask you something. Oh, I thought she's going to tell him not to be a sissy. Tell him he must stir himself up and go propose to Remy at once. This is Isola talking, by okay. the way. This is, like, her, like, personal notes. But she didn't. What she said was, would you like to marry me? <laughs> i like to die where I stood. There was quiet, complete quiet, nothing. And on and on it went. Not a word, not a sound but Juliet was undisturbed, her voice steady, and me, I could not get so much as a breath of air into my chest. I'm in love with you, so I thought I'd ask. And then Dossie, dear Dossie, swore he took the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) My God, yes, he cried and (laughs) clattered down that stepladder. So... Good. my God, yes. So everything is good. I just like the I'm in love with you. So I thought I'd ask. Oh, uh, amazing. I'm like, how much better would life be if we were all this direct? I know. I, I'm in love with you. So I just thought it was you that know.
1: carpe diem uh, paperweight. Yeah. She, she was like, a hmm, carpe diem, diem paperweight. I yeah. guess I should. Yeah. And then later when when she was talking to Sydney, she was like, I mean, honestly, me and Dozzy could have gone our whole lives both pining for the other and never saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Good for you, Julia. I know. I'm so proud of her i uh, love that she proposed to him i do too it made me so happy it's so good breaking barriers yeah but also just so
0: like sweet and sincere like she has so much confidence i don't think she's arrogant i just think she's completely
1: confident yeah she knows her i strength. love it. she knows she's valuable exactly she she's... yeah i loved it i loved it too well so what did we sweet. what did we learn <laughs> oh man
0: uh, we learned to say something. If you're deeply in love with someone, just give them a chance to respond.
1: So true, so true.
0: They say no, you move on. They say, uh, oh, God, yes, and run down the ladder to you. You get a happy ending. Then, baby, you're in business. Baby, you're in business.
1: <laughs> I feel like we learned a lot, specifically, and this is serious, from Elizabeth as a character. Uh-huh. Elizabeth always did the right thing. She Even did. if it was put going to put in herself in danger. danger. Yeah. Even if you wouldn't have even blamed her for not doing it? Yep. I feel like, wow. She always wow, did the right thing. What, what a person. I know. <laughs>
0: she was an amazing person. And you can see it, though, like, her own life was cut short. She enriched the lives of so many people yeah. around her by... Being, but be will, being so willing to sacrifice herself and her comfort and her safety. And I feel like a lot of us are, we are so afraid so often that we let it control us and keep us in our own comfort zones or make us feel safe. And we rationalize it because it is rational to want to remain safe or comfortable. Uh, but Elizabeth never let it stop her. Like, I'm sure she was still afraid, but she just did it the heck anyway. She did it anyway. She and did the she damn thing. she impacted so many people's lives, like so many more than if she had just stayed hidden and quiet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she, amazing.
1: Always, she did it. I was so proud of her. She
0: always did what she believed in. There's no one who could be like, oh, yeah, she lived her life and didn't really do anything remarkable.
1: Nope. (laughs) It was like she
0: was an angel. She was an angel sent from God and we love her so much. Yeah. So,
1: I guess you know, just trying to put yourself out there a little more. Yeah. Or like take the risk. Take the
0: risk. And it'll work out sometimes in ways you could never imagine. And sometimes it might not work out, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. And you know what?
1: Elizabeth didn't even ever get to see all the effects of what the good stuff she did because... None of it would have happened at all. Yeah. This book wouldn't have happened at all if not exactly. for her.
0: So I think when you do the right thing, it doesn't, you should, it should never be because you want to see the results. I mean, it's okay to want to see the results, but you don't do it for that reason. Because so often you don't get to. Like, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was the most amazing person. Everyone who knows her will say that about her. She passed away so young from a really rare brain cancer. Like, she never got to see who she impacted, but it doesn't mean that she didn't impact them. And it made her whole existence feel all that much more important and valuable to the world. I mean, all right, obviously every person has inherent value, but, like, it's not about getting to see what you're doing. So even if you feel like, I just try so hard to do the right thing and care about people and it just seems like I'm not making a difference. Yeah. If you you pr- are, I'm sure you are. I promise you are. Yeah. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that you haven't made a huge difference. So true. Yeah. And that's what makes it worth it to keep to keep trying to do hard shit even when it does not work out for you at all.
1: Yeah Yeah And we learned Sometimes Experimenting with recipes Works out I eat potato Potato peel peel pie pie And sometimes it does not Cherry's Jubilee Exactly Apparently Oh what's his (laughs) name We didn't really
0: talk about him There's this other character Who has no experience With cooking And he takes it upon himself Will I think Will yes To cook all the time and it works out like one out of five times yeah. really well and the rest like I think it was Amelia who said something like I really wish he'd get a different hobby <laughs> yes. and you're like yeah maybe maybe that's <laughs> very uh, funny so potato peel pie now apparently like, it's good I want to try papa- is this a real recipe I want Wait, to try it, is it? <laughs> I have to look this up actually I don't have any potato peels at the moment but I will I have to plant my potatoes this week I'm so
1: excited there we go it's, yeah. it's in the works I'm
0: so excited about it uh, how many pinkies up will we give this book
1: I am going to give it five. Same. Because I don't even care that there's a loose plot. I enjoy it. (laughs) I loved it.
0: And for someone who's plot driven, I think the whole thing is when it's epistolary, I always feel like it moves much faster, even though it's not plot driven. It's almost because they're receiving so many letters. It kind of feels more plot-driven. Yeah. Because it feels like a lot it's is still happening. still an action, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. still an action. And it's so many different characters' perspectives about the same events. So it is all about events. Mm-hmm. But it's just a bunch of people's different takes on those events. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as much plot, but it feels like a really, really rich plot. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I definitely give it five pinkies up. It's fantastic.
1: So, Oof. what are we reading next week? Let me look. You'd always you think, think I you think we would, would pull yeah, it up.
0: We don't. We've no. been doing this for uh, three, four seasons. This is our fourth season. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this for uh, four seasons uh, and six episodes.
1: Nervous laughter. Oh my god. That was so weird. Yeah. We were like, <sighs> <laughs> I did it as a joke, and I, I just thought you were going to say <laughs> I something did it on else. Purpose. <laughs> I mean, I did it on accident. Uh, oh, <gasps> hell yeah. Well, okay. Next book, it says Narnia, but I'm assuming the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs>
0: yep, you are correct. It's yeah, the in the which is a
1: book wreck from... VB on Instagram.
0: Yay! I you guys are doing so much better. Oh. When you send us book recs now and we put we can put put them in the list, I do put your names and, and where you contacted us <laughs> now because I feel I'm so sorry if we've ever done a like read a book that we didn't give you like a credit for. We've tried to, but something about Instagram, listen, listen here, Instagram. I want a search feature where you can just put in a word and it'll scroll through all your messages till it finds one that has that word in it. I want that feature, Instagram. That is not a rare feature. <laughs> Why nope. don't you have Come it? Come on and stuff. Yeah, but anyways, in lieu of that, I'm just trying to do a better job of keeping track
1: of Well, I you guys. think you're doing great. Thanks. Well, boy, I'm excited. I've reread the a lot of the Narnia books not that long ago, and I, I love them, honestly.
0: I'm pretty sure I read this in college, but I do not remember it at all whatsoever. I
1: mean, very quick read, so. Yeah,
0: so. And we know how my brain works, so this is going to be like the first time. <laughs> Hooray! It'll be good, and we'll get to do a C.S. Lewis um like, bio, which will be fun, because if you guys have ever visited the Scriptorian Society, our sister podcast I host with Carissa Harlow, it's all about writing, and our nicknames for each other in college were Lewis and Tolkien, because she's more principled than me, so she was Lewis, and I'm a little more, like, (laughs) off the rails, and so I'm Tolkien, but other than that, it's funny, because we have, we have, like, the complete opposite everything in common with our authors, so we should have switched them, but it's too late now, but anyway, so she'll appreciate that, I'm sure, but you guys, if you guys are writers or, like, to hear about writing stuff, can go check out our sister podcast the Scripturian Society. But uh, until next week, if you guys want to keep up with the pod, you can certainly do that. We are on Instagram and we are on TikTok. We are That Pretentious Book Club. I'll be honest, I don't put that much new content up on TikTok because I'd have to make a lot of videos and it's hard. But there are still plenty on there if you want to, like, go back and watch. Yeah, go there. look at our
1: old dick <laughs> <sock>. <laughs> Go look
0: at our older ones. I'll try and do new ones. And I do post audio clips from the episodes there as well. So you guys can see those. And then we post daily on Instagram about whatever we're reading for the week. Um, if you guys have book recommendations you want us to cover maybe next season or you just want to talk about, you can message us on Instagram or TikTok. You can also email us at contact at StorySirenStudio.com. That's our production company. You can also go to StorySirenStudio.com to see our merch, to learn more about the pod. We have some really cool merch recently, actually. Catherine, our friend of the pod, darling, who we love. I sent her, um, because we just chat all the time, and I was like, she has to have club merch now. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so I made a new shirt design um, specifically for her. I thought that she'd like, because I was (laughs) like, what inspiration. I bet she'll like this. And so I made it. I sent it to her. She's got it. It looks great. Uh, And you guys can also have that shirt now, too, if you want. It says, Welcome to the Club, dear. And it's got books on it and our logo. And it's very cute. And it is now accessible for everybody. So go check that out. And plus, our other stuff is pretty cool, too. I think that's everything I've got for you guys. If you guys liked our episode, please, 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 go down and give us a rating or give us a review whatever you feel like that would be really nice Um, and tell your friends so we can keep growing the pod you guys have been so wonderful lately we have been growing which is just so nice and it always means we can dedicate more time and more resources to the pod and I just so love that Um, I so love that you guys reach out and talk to us I've had so many good conversations with you guys lately so you guys are great yeah y'all are wonderful thank you so much for showing up every week for for our nonsense (laughs) (laughs) so kind of you such sacrifice
1: you're taking one for the team you really are
0: We're really grateful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club pretentious. (laughs)